evening, Australia. Good evening, America. Welcome back to Radio Tony. This is a conversation with Kez, your author specific show each and every week. Thank you to everyone who's listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We have Payo from the Philippines ready and waiting to respond to your comments, questions with website links and information. Don't forget that the replay of all these shows is available on Binge TV networks across the US and on the Tony TV channel app available on Roku, LG and Samsung smart TVs worldwide. If you want further information, if you're listening to this driving, we have all the information you seek on RadioTony.com. Now, Kez is my gorgeous co-host who joins me every week. She's an international best-selling author in her own right, and she joins me each week when we talk to new and emerging authors or authors that have been around for a while. Uh, If you want to grab any of Kez's amazing books, and she has a number of fabulous reads, just jump onto kezwickhamstgeorge.com and grab your books there. Now, today, our author is Brittany Eldridge, and Brittany is an author, mental health advocate, radio talk show host, daughter of God, and ordained minister. Brittany is a survivor of childhood trauma, mental illness, and family dysfunction. In the fall of 2019, Brittany woke at 4 a.m. with a calling to write her story to share with others. And she felt others would be able to relate to parts of her story. In the process of healing and inner child work, Brittany has relied on her faith to help her with letting go. Brittany's first memoir was typed on her Android phone miles away from home. Brittany says, Each of us carries spiritual gifts, and I believe that writing has helped me express myself in so many ways. Brittany is the author of six books. Good morning, Kez. Good evening, Brittany. Thank you both for joining us today live on Radio Tony. I'm going to stop talking and let Kez off with the first question. Good morning, Kez. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Brittany. What's it like in America at the moment? Well, it's... Cloudy and rainy today. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that over here as well. Nothing new for us. So, Brittany, <laughs> I'd like to ask you um, your book. Yeah. It's called The Day My Soul Ran Away, and it's like looking through the window to the soul of an individual living with borderline personality disorder. What was that like? What was it um, like writing the book? Well, I had attended a conference um, for borderline personality disorder. And after I attended that conference, there was like an acting part of it um, where there was actors that would basically act out your story, like your pain, your inner child. And I was inspired to write that book after they acted out my particular um, story with borderline personality disorder. And uh So when I wrote that book, um, it was very, it was almost like a healing thing for me. It was almost like kind of using my words and really digging deep down into my soul to kind of, to pour out the words onto pages. So that way I could kind of give like a visual for those that don't understand uh, what the actual personality disorder is and where it comes from. 
Um, so I, I used it kind of like a healing tool and, um, kind of like a, you know, an exploration of, um, someone's soul that, that battles with this particular disorder on a daily basis. Um, right. Yeah. It must've been hard for you. In a sense it was because I had to kind of dig into old wounds in a sense. Um, so I, you know, I kind of rehashed some old wounds, um, that were very painful. So, um, but in a sense, I also incorporated my faith, um, in there in the, in the end of the book. So, um, so that way I could kind of show readers, um, to hold on, uh, cause a lot of people take their lives because of this disorder. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Were you um, diagnosed with um, the personality disorder earlier in your life or or when did that come up for you? Well, it's a great thing you brought that up. Um, So I was diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder as a child. But I didn't Mm. understand and my, my family didn't really understand mental illness. So I really wasn't in good hands to understand there was something kind of growing. Um, and so when I got to my adult years and I got out on my own, I was experiencing a lot of distress, a lot of rage, a lot of anger, um, a lot Mm -hmm. of empty, chronic emptiness and that, you know, all those things. And, um, it got to the point where a year after I got married, um, I ended up in the hospital and, uh, so at the age of 29 is when I was finally diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, um, I had no idea that I had this disorder um, all that time that I was dealing with rage and, you know, anger and all those feelings. I had no idea um, because I was misdiagnosed or I wasn't diagnosed fully. And so um, it's been quite a journey, so to say. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Brittany, Chasing Fireflies is about, and I love the name. I just have to to tell you I I love fireflies. There's something really magical about fireflies and it um, sparks my imagination and childlike love of, I equate them to fairies. I I don't know why. Anyway, Chasing Fireflies is about hope and empowerment why was it important for you to write from that perspective Brittany um well chasing fireflies um was basically an inspiration of mine from when I stayed at my grandmother's house and I was having a uh, mental health crisis and so when I was at my grandmother's house I noticed that there were fireflies that were lighting up the sky and I realized that I actually wasn't alone And so I, um, yeah, so I basically, uh, that book, um, is about a girl named Harmony and she struggles Mm -hmm. with mental health and she finds Mm -hmm. her sacred space in the field behind mama's shed. And as she goes through dark tunnels of life and she sinks rock bottom, these fireflies still guide her through her journey of life. And she realizes that the higher power um, was putting those fireflies in her path for a reason and helped guide her out of some very dark stuff. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is beautiful. Thank you. They do. Um, I, I don't know if it, it sounds like it's the same for you. When you see fireflies, they just there's yeah. something magical about them. Crazy yeah. little things. They're really <laughs> I don't know magical. Yeah. They make me yeah. smile when I. I'm researching Brittany's stuff the other um, the other evening and come across the fireflies. I'm like, oh, that's I need to ask that question. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. Guess yeah. what the next question for you? I um I really liked the heading of your next book. Um, there's there isn't any monsters under the bed because that was my big thing when I was a kid. So there was always monsters in the wardrobe and there was always monsters uh, under the bed and I drove my parents nuts. My (laughs) parents were uh, ministers in their church, but I would always, dad would say, no, no, nothing here. But I didn't, I never believed them. And they turned the lights out and it was completely dark and I would put myself through so much anxiety because I always yeah. knew there was someone under the bed, but I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember like jump running and then jumping onto the bed. <laughs> you yeah. know, <laughs> thinking they're well, going to grab you. You don't leave your feet on the carpet because they might yeah. grab you and pull you under. <laughs> that was my thing. Yeah, that that was it. And so I was sitting here one day, and you know, I a lot of like inner child work, so you know, flying a kite, Mm. coloring, you know, blowing bubbles. So I was sitting here and I was, uh, you know, thinking of inner child. And so I brought out my crayons and I'm like, well, what if I just wrote a book or something for children? And I'm no professional artist by any means. So uh, I kind of laughed at my illustrations a little bit, but I, but they, they make sense for what the story is about. And um, so the, uh, the book is about a boy, little boy named Max and uh, he meets his friend, Ted. And uh, Ted helps him overcome his fear of monsters under the bed. And then Max uses these techniques uh, throughout his life. And he's over, he's able to overcome, you know, yelling out for mom to come rescue him in his bedroom and stuff. So, yeah. So I, I feel though, as though mental illness affects um, all ages of life. And so I was like, well, I've got these books that are kind of geared towards like, you know, adulthood. I got to at least make for children. So. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I thought that was lovely. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you've gone um, into children's books as well. Kez has done the same. Um, she's written books for adults, but she's also written books for children. And then when I was thinking about both of you before coming on the show, I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to do a children's book about our goats because they have such great stories and such great personalities. And then I'm like, I'll just put that on my whiteboard as something to do one day. To-do list. Brittany. Yeah. Um, so the title of the next book is really good. It's got, uh, it, it's called Let That Shit Go. Um, yeah. Amazing title. What's the inspiration behind this book and how would you like it to help others? Well, this one actually, it's a mental health journal. So it's actually, um, I created this one night and I didn't go to bed till it was finished. And um, so each page has a quote on it that I picked and they all have to do with trauma, healing, um, PTSD, Mm -hmm. inner child. So they're all geared towards um, those specific categories. And so um, 
you know, it starts off with a quote and then the rest of the page is blank. So it's a, it's a journal to kind of, you know, help you release the ugliness of life. And yeah. on the back of the uh, the journal, I kind of, I wrote, um, kind of imagine this journal as like me holding your hand, um, through the ug- ugliness of life rather. And, um, Mm-hmm. I have them for sale at one of the uh, craft stores in a local mall here in the United States. And it's kind of been like my big hit, to be honest. Um, I actually oh, meet good. a friend because <laughs> they have my contact information. I've got resources in there that I have found the hard way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done, Brittany, because I know from my own healing journey that um journaling is particularly important to help um process your thoughts and to help get them out of your head because that's a problem isn't it they get stuck in your head and Mm -hmm. go round and round and round and round around but when you get them out by either writing or speaking that's really a helpful part of the process and a helpful part of the healing so um, and attaching resources to them, and let's face it, in the world there's never uh, there's never an over um, right. supply of good help, right? For um, mental health, it, you know, it's a very lonely space. I, I know through my experience that it always was a very lonely space, and on yeah. the other side, you can look back and think that. Uh, you know, there were people and there was help, but when you're going through it, it's it's very lonely, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Very. And mm. the ability to write and talk and seek resources will help you get through that stuff um, and come out the side much, be- much better off. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done, Brittany. Thank yeah, you. well done. It's... it's um, it can be in a very dark place and when you start writing. I know when I wrote my bio, um, all the mm. nonsense came out, all the, all the things that came out, and I thought I hadn't thought about that for years. Uh, yeah. But they popped up and I was yeah. quite surprised that I'd held on. To, it was buried. Yeah. But when it's buried, you're still holding on to it. So well yeah. done. Mm. Yeah. I see that um, you've also written a book called Healing the Light Within Me, The Inner Child it's about the inner child sounds like a powerful book. Yeah. Healing healing the light within me. Um what is that about? Well, that goodness, that's um it's a it is a short story, um but I created it as like a memoir um of my journey with mental illness. And it was a couple of years ago when I was sitting in a therapist's office and the lady older therapist rather she she said well you know why don't you find some books about other women who have struggled with mental health you know like their own like you know journey or, or what have you and I was like well you know maybe I I guess I could try and then October of 2019 um I was at my grandmother's again um because I needed a safe place and so I stayed with my grandmother for three months and I literally woke up at 4 a.m and I was like, I got to write a book. And so I look back to what that therapist was telling me. And now that I'm writing my own, it just, the way that my life has worked out, it's kind of like 
stuff kind of happens for the future, I feel like. And so um, the way that I look at it spiritually anyways. And so, um, so I thought it was, uh, it was scary because I was like, I don't want to like reveal things about my family, Mm. but it was almost like validating what it, what had happened to me. And so there, the details in there are very raw and they're very raw for a reason. And um, I also incorporate my faith in there as well, um, because I think that's also important um, to provide hope and inspiration uh, for all the things that I've gone through. Um, mm-hmm. So on the front cover is of a little girl. And I literally, I was away from my home. I had no internet. All I had was my data on my little cheap smartphone. and. Um, I sat there and I took my little pointer finger and I literally drew that little (laughs) girl um, with my finger and the star over the heart is supposed to be like healing the light within me. Um, And that's what the star is supposed to represent on the heart. Mm. It's amazing how all these, um, these healing modularities, they, if it's meant to be, it's just going to pop out no matter what, how you try and hide it. Oh, yeah. I think no, I'm too busy for this. Um, you know, if there's a if there's a book there, then there's a book there. Yeah. And I mean, it's not uncommon when I talk to other authors. It's like, oh no, I woke up at four or three in the morning, and there was a book in my head. And I think, well, that's the time to. <laughs> to me, I call that the witching hour when you've got to yeah. get up and you've got to write. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had my uh, first book signing event the day after my uh, Graham died last year. And so I was like really like emotional, but I still showed up and it was actually at a flower shop down the road from where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, you know, they were, you know, they're Christian and all of that. And so mm-hmm. uh, so I I was sitting there really nervous because I tend to be shy. But so I sat there and there were a few people that came up to me Um one lady was like, yeah, my daughter struggled with mental health. And I wrote like a little note in there for her daughter. And then one guy that was Aww. there earlier left and then he came back and he's like, I really want to buy your book. And so, um, so it, it's been quite the experience for me. Um, I've kind of noticed that a lot of people can resonate. Um, now that of I've course. got, yeah, there. yeah. Of course. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that all have some sort of mild mental illness and they will resonate with you. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you're um, open enough to share from your own perspective, that always helps someone somewhere get through a moment um, of difficulty. So the um, final book of yours that I want to talk about today is actually um, the Mental Illness and Spirituality magazine, Brittany. Tell me about the concept and what you wanted to create with this magazine. With that, um, well, I wasn't really sure where it was going to go, Um, but what Mm -hmm. I wanted to incorporate because I've been so focused on, you know, therapists, right? Like licensed clinical, you know, social worker, you know, all of that. But as I've grown, I've realized that a lot of things have been happening spiritually um, that I can't really explain. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I've been more sensitive, I guess. Um, and I don't know if it's because I've hit rock bottom. Um, but I've been, I've noticed certain callings. I've noticed, um, people that have come into my life for a particular reason. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, talking with my grandmother last year who was passing away, you know, she was talking a lot about, um, heaven and things like that. So a lot of things I feel spirituality has, um, incorporated into my mental health, uh, journey as well. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I created that with a story, well, not story, but like the pages explain like borderline personality, OCD for those that don't understand like the diagnoses, yeah. but then I also kind of yeah. incorporate, um, you know, talking of like, you know, um, spirituality and like, it has some stories, Mm -hmm. you know, some stories in there regarding like my baptism and just, um, just kind of like a transformation with some resources and some knowledge incorporated into it. Mm. Is it going to be like an ongoing thing? Do you think the magazine? Um, I felt like I created it for that intent, but I got so busy with creating, like I got other ideas for like, you know, the other books. And so I got busy with that. Um, Yeah. So then it kind of, um, I kind of fell apart with that, but I'm wondering if it is something, you know, I'll pick up again. Um, Yeah. 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 I find that um, magazines are very attractive, very attractive especially with people with, with uh, busy lives. The um, magazine is so worth, worthwhile producing yeah. uh, because we pick up a magazine and we flip through it. <laughs> we don't actually read it. Right. But when you, you know, when you find a column that resonates with you in the magazine, I write for two different magazines and huh. I don't know whether they read, you know, they're always saying write more, but, you know, you, <laughs> there will be a clientele that will find your column absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well I agree. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of healing, learning and wisdom yeah. that you can get out to people via yeah. the pages of a magazine, Brittany. Yeah, I agree. Now Brittany, jumping away from being an author, you have a perfume line. Yes, and, and that was... that really made me sit back because I know Tony's got one. <laughs> I haven't got one. I just use any old thing that goes, I'll, I'll use that today. So that, that really, really resonated with me. How did you, how did you do this? Why did you do it? Well, I have to say Tony was my inspiration for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> she was my inspiration. Uh, I love smelling nice and I love, um, there was this yoga mat spray that I got from a spiritual store uh, one day and it had mm, frankincense mm. and orange blossom and stuff in it. Oh, and lovely. so, mm. yeah. So I was like, I really like that, but it's for like a yoga mat. So I was like, well, what if I, <laughs> you know, create something a little bit more that I can actually wear <laughs> my body. So, um, so when I realized Tony had created one, I was like that, you know, that's really cool. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't have known about that unless I had, you know, connected with Tony. So I thank her for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I go to a retreat. Um, I, sorry, Tony. No, no, I, I was just going to say I um, was a little apprehensive about the whole creating thing and then I just sat with it and thought, okay, just spirit guide me about you know what I what needs to go in and that's what I did and that's what and I I actually really like my own perfume I wear it every day yes yeah I got my bottle (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah Yeah. I haven't got a perfume I can't add that to my list but I do work at a retreat once a we'll year. Work and they on take that. lady. <laughs> no doubt you will. <laughs> I work at a retreat, and they take their uh, their ladies away to a perfumery, and uh, it's because I'm working there. I don't get to go on the trip, but um, yeah, they come back and they just smell divine. But my favorite, I like working with oils, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where I come from in New Zealand, I was accredited aromatherapist. So, do know about oils. My favorite thing is bergamot. I just love yeah. it. Can't get yeah. enough of it. Yeah. yeah so, I guess that'll mm. be the base the almond oil. You know, look, but as, as I said, I go into the bath, I think I'll use that today. And my children <laughs> always say, Mum, you smell like flowers. <laughs> That's because there's such a mixture on. <laughs> I've got this and this and this and this. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> And that's the thing about the Boston perfumery is that their perfumes are oil-based. Yeah. So uh, they like the smell hangs around all day and it's so lovely on your skin as well. So um, I was really impressed with them, Brittany. So I'm glad you've you've done that as well. (laughs) Yeah. Tony, did you not have any questions? Did you not make your own up using the, the oils yourself? Well, I had an idea of what I wanted to use and I I concocted it at home thinking, well, that's okay. But when it, the sample came back to me, it was so much better. Like I liked what I'd concocted at home and thought, okay, if it smells like that, it'll be, it'll, it'll be okay. But when I got the actual sample, it smelled better than that. So um, I was really impressed with what they did and they're very good to work with. Those yeah. guys from Boston Perfumery. Me an, an interest now. Yes, Kez. I've just I've thought the same thing. I'll have to do an intro because um they just the the process is really nice and the way that they guide you to get your formula is is great and they've got a whole range of things to choose from, yeah. whole lot of aromas and mm. yeah. So educative as well as creative is what I I thought. Um, Brittany, going away from the um, books and the perfume line, um, you're also an ordained minister. How did that come about and why did you go down that particular um, track? Well, I was sitting here and I've been taking out my Bible a lot and reading it Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, well, what if I was an ordained minister? And I just kind of sat with it and thought thought about it for a little while. And I, you know, with the mental health, I've really been trying to find my purpose. Um, you know, I've written books and things and, but I, I wanted a little bit more, um, I guess, to 
feel like I was fulfilling some type of purpose. And so I started researching, how do you become an ordained minister? And so I searched um, the amm.org. It's the American uh, Marriage Ministries. And um, I was able to get ordained through there. And they sent me my certificate, my booklet and all of that. And um, I haven't performed any weddings yet, to be honest. Uh, but I do yeah. put it out there uh, for those that are looking for someone to officiate uh, a wedding. Um, I can remember my own wedding. <laughs> it was quite mm-hmm. stressful um, because I did yeah. everything myself. So I wanted yeah. to kind of lend a hand, lend, lend a hand um, to others that might need help in that area because um, mm-hmm. I know how stressful mm-hmm. it was for myself. So. Yeah, they are stressful yeah, things. They... Why can't we all just elope? Yeah, really. Best, best thing <laughs> that, ever. that too. That too. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like just yeah. get it over and done with and, and we're married. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so the reason that you the 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 reason was kind of more that you wanted to help officiate weddings rather than be um in front of a like a congregation it was more around the ceremonial type yeah stuff, Brittany yeah 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 well done another thing that you can add to that illustrious <laughs> career of yours thank you a lovely smelling ordained minister <laughs> that writes books I'll have to add that to my uh, bio <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had, you know, I've, I've written kids' books and I'd love to have books that smell nice. Wouldn't that be lovely? We could invent something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have, and I absolutely adored this title. Um, Tony's written that you have another book coming out called The Layers of an Onion. Yes. Um, that is so- a fabulous title. <laughs> Well, I Isn't don't it like good. I don't like onions. I hate onions. Ah. But <laughs> where yeah. that came from, uh, I was in a severe mental health crisis last year. So I always resort back to that because I feel like I did a lot of soul searching during that process, too. And so I was on the phone with a therapist one day and um, it was I was in some very debilitating anxiety. And uh, so I was on the phone with a therapist. And the therapist was explaining to me that our souls or our beings are like the layer of an onion. Mm -hmm. Trauma gets stored Mm -hmm. um, in the layers. And so Mm -hmm. this year I was sitting here at my laptop and um, I said, well, what if we wrote a book about the layers of an onion? And uh, so that is about trauma and how it gets stored. And, you know, I think I'm kind of still, you know, I'm still writing it, but I think it's going to kind of end with like how to kind of, um, you know, release it in a sense, but kind of recognizing mm-hmm. how it gets stored, why it gets stored and, uh, you know, the subconscious, the conscious and, um, you know, inner child. So it's, you know, it's a work in pro- progress, but, um, yeah, that's my next title that I'm working on. And, um, so I, yeah, I kind of just, I don't know if it's like I have to go through a little bit more in life to kind of incorporate, you know, some what I've learned. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to be finished, to be quite honest. But yeah, that's, 
that's my next book. So fabulous. I love yeah. the title. It was just really attractive me because one of my <laughs> my next book and is into spirituality and mm-hmm. I use that terminology of losing the layers. So as soon as yeah. I saw I thought, ah, someone's actually got it. Someone's <laughs> yeah. got it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good on you. Thank you. Thank you. Brittany, before I ask you um, the next question, I wondered if um, we could take just a few minutes, if you feel comfortable, of course, to yes. tell the audience a little bit about your journey. So, um, well, Kez and I, um, family dysfunction has played out in across both of our lives in ways that have been less than helpful. And yeah. so if you're comfortable, are you comfortable talking about family dysfunction and how it's yeah. played out in your life as well? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it happened in childhood. Um, my mom yeah. and dad never got married and they weren't believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad mm-hmm. was an addict and an alcoholic. My mom was in rehab um, before she had me. Um, I grew up mm-hmm. in AA meetings. My dad abandoned me at the age of about six years old. Um, At the same time, um, my mom was in some very abusive relationships, whether they were mental, physical. Um, And I grew up in a two bedroom, small, low income apartment. Um, And Mm -hmm. I witnessed um, my mom in a very physical abusive relationship. I got into my first high-speed chase when I was a little girl. Um, I witnessed police knocking the door down, um, looking for him in the middle of the night. Um, One time, you know, I'd gotten home uh, from my babysitter's house with my mom and uh, Mm -hmm. the man was, the abusive man was waiting behind a rock that all of us kids played on and uh, we didn't know he was hiding behind that. We thought he was inside mm-hmm. and uh, he comes running out behind that punches the windshield uh, on my side because he was trying to target me. And um, I was scared as heck. And uh, the windshield shattered. And as I got older, I realized I was scared of the dark, but I didn't know exactly where it was coming from. But I started yeah. digging and realizing yes. that is why I am. Um, I would run into my house where I live now. I'd, I'd run in, miss miss the front steps, and I would just run it fly in here because I was afraid someone was going to grab me in between where my car is parked and my front door. Yes. And um, yeah. so I experienced a lot of that, um, and nobody really knew what was going on behind my mom's closed door. All they saw was me dressed um, perfectly with my hair perfectly done. Yes. And, um, my yeah. meals made and all of that. They know they mm. didn't really know what was going on behind closed doors. Um, my mom mm. finally got a divorce from that man, but it continued. He would still show up to the house when my yeah. mom was at home and would yell up to the window mm. looking for my mom. Um, so yeah, I experienced a lot of that. And then also my grandmother um, was in three abusive relationships as well. So it was kind of like the ancestral wow. generational trauma was just being passed yes. down. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah. And so as I got older, I bought my first home at the age of 20. I lived with my uh, my now husband, but boyfriend at the time. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. married for, or we've been together for 11 years, married three. And um, yeah. I, we lived in a, a in-law apartment, had no shower, no toilet, nothing. And my family knew that I was living oh. that way. And um 
So I was working full time and I said, you know what, I'm sick of living like this. And I went to the library and I found my home where I live now and I bought it at the age of 20, a mobile home and paid two cars off by myself. And um, I've basically done everything myself with no family financial help and the support that I've gotten. um, They've been supported to an extent, but it's been more like gossip. So um, I kind of backed away because yeah, yeah. and so I've used the Bible a lot because I've really have had a hard time with forgiveness. So I kind of like had to incorporate, well, they're God's children too, and I'm God's child. So it's like, I've had to kind of keep that in my forefront, but at the same token, a lot of things that have happened to me has created me so much problems in my life and my jobs, my relationships, the beliefs about myself, the instability. And so there's a lot of anger and hurt from that. And it's just, I I haven't Mm. really been able to have the relationship that I want with them because of it. Mm. And Mm. the last thing I want to say is uh, in my, as my, I've gotten older, you know, my dad, um, I've let, I've let him come back into my life. Uh, but mm. it's been challenging because he'll just, you know, he'll just escape whenever he pleases. Um, yeah. and I have been worried about him. I found him at motels. Mm-hmm. I found him intoxicated at some apartments. Um, and I've even gone to this hotel he was at, um, to provide him hygiene products and food. And he just turned me yes. away and said, he doesn't use that. He uses Tresemme shampoo. Um, so I've been rejected a lot and betrayed. Um, my, I've said some very hurtful things to my family recently because of my anger and my, you know, my understanding of the personality disorder. And, um, they don't want to talk to me, uh, because they are, you know, um, so it's been really challenging and I, I, it's been it's been really really uh, challenging. And then two months after I graduated high school, I lost my high school boyfriend to a tragic car accident. Um, actually, mm. five minutes from where I live now, he crashed into a tree um, by accident. And yeah. so it's been it's been uh, a a lot of loss, a lot of loss, mm. rejection, and yeah. Yeah. a lot of fear, a lot of being afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not good. But, you know, you're looking, you know, by the way you talk and that, you're healing very well. And the writing can only help. Yeah. And the perfume. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Brittany, I actually believe that those of us that, have suffered from trauma and dysfunction um we make the world a better place by actually speaking openly about those things um both kez and i have suffered um from family backlash because that's what we do because we've written about those things um it sounds too like you've had some family backlash from the things that you've spoken about and written about. I'm just wondering, um, are you okay and, and, and have you got strategies or have you got support around you to help you deal and heal with that? 
Um, it's been challenging. Um, I've reached out to two churches, uh, one that I got married in, um, but he just, the pastor there just kind of got to a point where he thought there was, you know, I needed more help than he could give me. Um, and then, then there was another pastor that I saw, um, that I felt actual supernatural, um, I felt, you know, the energy. And so I talked with him a little bit, but you know, he just, he just said, you know, open your Bible, read this verse. And he sent me some songs and things. And then I recently connected with a family friend who was in her nineties and, you know, she calls, she calls me a lot and she prays with me over the phone, but that was recent. But other than that, I don't feel like I really like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, really hard because it's difficult yes i was just going to say Brittany. the only way that i got through it is having people to talk to who actually have experienced backlash from family dysfunction when you've had the courage to talk about it so my support Tez is actually one of those people because i know that she understands what that backlash feels like but on the other hand there's also that that passion and drive to keep talking about mm, it simply definitely. because there's so many people out there that need to hear you talk about it so they can feel okay and so they can feel supportive. So, mm-hmm. so Brittany, that's exactly, I think it's powerful for you to keep talking the way that you talk, to keep mm-hmm. sharing from that point and saying this is really tough, this is actually really shitty and this is mm-hmm. really hard to manage. But knowing, okay, Tony in Australia knows what I'm talking about, Kez mm. in Australia knows, and having a bit of a support around you that you can just e- email and go, oh, my God, this happened today. I'm feeling a bit shattered about this. Um, and, and, and to keep talking about it because other people need to know that dealing with family dysfunction is probably one of the most difficult mm-hmm. things that you I can agree. do because inherently we are taught to um, inherently we love our parents no matter what happened and right. I can openly honestly say I still love my parents but right. I can no longer have a close relationship with them mm. I can no longer talk to them on a daily basis because their response to me is so toxic and that is unhelpful for me Mm. to live my best life. And Brittany, you've got so much wisdom, knowledge to share with the world via your books and, and the people that you talk to that it becomes then important about protecting you and your healing and, um, being quite a way through my own healing journey protecting that healing is mm, become very big most. Yeah. and and that's something that we don't often talk about um i'm currently listening to um oprah's um book called what happened to you and it talks about trauma yeah. and dysfunction and the layers and the healing and what happens at various levels of our childhood And she actually made me feel really quite good because she said that part and parcel of that trauma dysfunction stuff as from childhood makes us people pleasers. 
and mm-hmm. that she took until she was in her 50s to realise that she didn't have mm-hmm. to please people anymore, that she yeah. could say no and that she could put boundaries around mm-hmm. her life and, mm-hmm. and to protect her. And I right. thought, wow, if that's good for Oprah, that's good enough yeah. for the rest of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But you're taught, you're taught that, you know, it's selfish to care for yourself. But at the end of the day, if you don't care for Brittany, if you don't look after Brittany, and if you don't make sure Brittany is loved and supported, then you, you're no good to anyone else. And you've got that's a right. powerful message. Yeah. Right. Um, and and Kez, Kez and I have had many conversations personally and privately about these things and uh-huh. realise and recognise how important it is that we keep telling these stories and that we have support from people who know and understand so that we can continue to tell those stories, Brittany. So uh-huh. I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that there are other people out there loving and supporting you from afar to tell and keep telling, to keep writing and keep telling those stories that the, the world needs to hear. And Kez, you, your story is very similar as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, um, my parents, within their own families, were very dysfunctional. Uh, and then I found that uh, I blame the DNA because it came down through my sister. Now, yeah. if we'd have recognised mental illness, then uh, maybe my life wouldn't have been so hard. Uh, and I'm talking mm-hmm. about um, everything being done behind mum and dad's back. So she literally mm-hmm. tormented me and my mother uh, didn't believe me. So I was mm-hmm. covered in bruises um, and like scratches, but... Mum always said I was a clumsy child, but really I wasn't. And so when I grew up, I mm. took that I took that feeling with me of insecurity, uh, mm. and I expected um, my first husband to be a strong man. Well, he wasn't. I married into another hugely dysfunctional family, um, and it wasn't mm. until I married my second husband many many years later that I realised what um, dysfunctional meant. Yeah, and it was a huge a huge step for me to realise wow, look what I've, you know, I honour the path that I had walked because it taught me so much, Brittany. But, um, yeah, life does teach you. And I found the biggest thing for me before I started writing a book was I would sit up at night time when I'd gotten over the fear of what was under the bed. I would sit (laughs) up at night time and journal. I would journal my thoughts for the day. And I found um, as long as I talked to the inner child, to the inner cares, um, I started coming right. I started to more believe in myself yeah. uh, that I wasn't. And I was taught I was stupid and I was fat and stupid. That was That's what I was taught. So as you get older, although you see a different person in the, in the mirror right. and you can communicate as an intelligent person, right. uh, you believe. You believe right. that inner voice that says, I've really got nothing to offer and I'm stupid. Right. And so therefore, when I did blossom, I blossomed with vengeance I thought the world's going to hear my story. Mm. And all of a sudden I thought my family's going to open up and be all loving and kind and just the opposite <laughs> happened. So uh, my parents were dead by then. I, I could only write the book once mum and dad had passed away. but um, And my sister had passed away because she was really, really um, not mentally well all her life. But mm. I was wise enough later on in life to recognise that. 
and I seem to draw the mentally unwell towards me because um, someone said, you know, you have a light that shines. Well, we all have Mm. that light. It's not just me. We all have that light, but it's the inner child saying, look, this is what happened. Let's get over it, journal it, and you'll find yourself brightening up. I mean, I'm I'm not a therapist or a counsellor in any way. This is my journey, but I do feel that if you journal and um, and most probably you do, being the writer you are. But, you know, I just, I really think we should um, aim, especially you with, with your, I can see the kindness there, that you need to aim towards yes. the children. Aim towards the children, like Tony writes, that wants to write about a goat. Did you have an animal, or did you have a, um, a pet as a child? Uh, talk about that, bring the love, feel the love towards your pet, whether it was watching the birds or you actually had a bird or a cat or a dog. Yeah. Feel the love um, and write about it. And that is another healing way. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, I, it's so like another thing that I was thinking about when you were mentioning like the birds and stuff, you know, sometimes, you know, when I feel like my blood is boiling and I'm just so overwhelmed about something and like, I just hear hear the birds outside and I'm just like wow and it just redirects me to like this calmness or if I go outside and I just kind of surround myself around trees or something um I I sense like this Mm -hmm. you know the calmness um because the materialistic world and the you know the uh, the busy life and stuff like that can really just deplete the energy out of me and you know so yes you understand we can actually there's people hold that word busy like a badge yeah and really all it's doing is it's destroying us yeah we need as 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 spirit people our spirit inside needs the Mm. calmness of nature yeah Mm. it's there it's there we just have to walk out the door it's right there it's free (laughs) yeah it is what next what have you got besides the new book? What else have you got planned for the next little while? Well, uh, I do have a mental health um, author event coming up on August 20th, but it's in the United States. Um, but it's yeah. August 20th. It's at a local park, Henry Law Park. Uh, and I'm going to be there speaking. I have a presentation, my books. Um, I also have a special guest um, going to be there yes. as well. Um his name is Jim Scott, and uh, he mm-hmm. decided to drive home um, drunk one day from a party and got into a car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so basically left him um, with a traumatic brain injury. So he actually published a book regarding his choice, uh, regarding his story about his choices that he made to kind of help other people not make that same mistake as him. Mm. So I invited him to yeah. speak along with me because I figure. Well, if people do show up to this event, I'm pretty sure they're going to have some type of, you know, mental health or know somebody or uh, what have you. Um, And then I also bought these glow sticks. uh, And so to kind of light up the night uh, in honor of those that have lost their lives to mental illness. So so that's what I have there. Um, I also do my own little, you know, my own little radio thing, um, Rise Above. Um, I yes created that because rise above uh you know rise above (laughs) so I created that um so I do speak on there occasionally um 
just, you know, trying to finish up my, the layers of an onion. Um, Mm. but I don't really have anything big. I'm always looking for, you know, opportunities to get my story out there. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we, I, it's been wonderful to have you on the show, Brittany, and I'm really grateful that we connected and that, that you had the time and space to come on the show today because, as you know, I just think it's so important not only to support authors who are writing the books that will change the world and, and your books also leave a legacy. So they outlive you and yes. your story will outlive um, exactly. lots of other people because mm-hmm. you had the courage to write, um, right. which is the beauty of writing a book because it just it, it will stay yeah. for generations. And in generations there might be people reading stuff that you've written and, and getting help and yeah. solace and hope from what they've read. Um, yeah. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Kez and I on the show today. Um for those listening live online, we have all of Brittany's links to all of her uh, stories, books, her website, um, her perfume. And if you're driving while you're listening, then jump onto RadioTony.com, look for um, Kez and I's show, and you will find the links to Brittany's stuff there as well. Um, if you're suffering from a mental health illness and you're at crisis point, we just ask that you go and talk to someone uh, as soon as possible. And additionally, if you're looking for um, help from anyone, go and seek that help and make sure that you connect with um, Brittany and grab her books. We've got the links again live online and on RadioTony.com so you can buy any of her amazing books from those channels. Um, Brittany and Kez, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Brittany. A wonderful conversation. Um, Brittany, all the best. Take care, stay safe and stay in contact. Wonderful listeners, that is the end of our show today. We'll be back next week with another conversation with Kez where we talk to another author, Brittany Eldridge. Thank you so much. And that's our lot for this week. Bye, Kez. Bye, Brittany. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.